You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carat Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, October 12th. And if your team is not 5-0, don't talk to us. You can't sit with us. And us is me and Rob back for another Steph and Stat show. Rob, how are you doing today, man? How could you be doing anything less than phenomenal right now? <laughs> the 49ers are 5-0. and Food tastes better. The sun shines brighter. It is good to be a 49ers fan right now. Yeah, absolutely it is. And we were both at the game on Sunday. It was your first NFL game experience. I know that we had talked about it, you know, like off live and whatnot. You had a great time. Uh, we met each other for the first time. And uh, I mean, it was awesome to meet Rob. He's a lot taller um, in person than I than I thought he'd be. Uh, so that's me looking very short, but I am short. So I guess it's a accurate representation of us. That was the best part of the game for me. One that we were oh, able to actually it. find each other, which was sort of a minor miracle. Um, no, it was. I mean, we've been, you've been doing shows for me for a long time. And like, it's nice to actually be in the same room and, and just say thank you for everything. And uh, it was, that was definitely the best part for me. Levi's is awesome. I was just, it totally blew me away. The whole experience. And I didn't even have any trouble getting out of there, which I had heard was like crazy. Now, granted, That's good. I left when Sam Darnold made his appearance because I just refused to watch him for any amount of time. But I wasn't the only one leaving the stadium. A lot of people were leaving at that time, but I was able yeah. to get right out of there. I, I also left early just because of the, the traffic thing. And by then, you know, the 49ers were up a, a pretty decent amount. You know, I think uh, I think they had already won by that point. So, yeah, it was a great time. Um, I can't wait to see you at another one. I'm sure that won't be your last 49ers game you were telling me like now you just got to go back like you, you can't just live like just watching from the couch anymore you know you got to get that game day experience especially for playoffs we got to see you out there for one of those Rob just saying but as always the way we start this show is uh we take a trip down memory lane as well uh this week in 49ers history Rob October 10th 2010 it was 10, 10, 10, um, Candlestick Park. The 0-4 49ers played a Sunday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And in the fourth quarter, with the 49ers losing 10-24, to after an abysmal drive from Alex Smith, the crowd starts chanting, we want Connor. <laughs> Rob, you remembered right away. Like, were you scarred from, from that game at all? I was chanting with them. I was right there. Like oh, I have God. seen enough Alex Smith. And the crazy part about that is after that chance started, the 49ers started to come back in the game and Alex Smith started to play a little bit better. Now, ultimately I believe they didn't win that game. Uh, but now I was chanting right with them. We want, cause I just remember thinking like, cause don't forget Alex Smith was drafted in 2005. Right. So we had seen half a decade and I'm like, we don't have to have this guy at quarterback, right? It doesn't have to be this. We can have somebody else. We don't have to live like this anymore. And it's very similar to the frustration I felt with Jimmy Garoppolo more recently. So, yeah, I was right there chanting with them. We want car. You know, I, I don't really frequent Facebook anymore, but 
once in a while I will go back and I I watch some of my memories. You know, you could you could see where you posted um, in previous years on that same day. And I can't tell you how many like Facebook statuses I've posted about the 49ers and just some very sad ones, you know, <laughs> one, one of them being like put in car, you know, like, so I was also on the same boat cheering on with them. And in hindsight, you know, after seeing what Alex Smith was able to do to end his career in San Francisco and also just his career in general, I do feel like pretty terrible, uh, you know, to have said those things about him, but you know, that's football, right? Things could be true in one moment and, you know, players can surprise you and years later, right? So you never know. Uh, but yeah, those were some dark, dark times for the 49ers. And yeah, uh, luckily though, the 49ers don't have to worry about any quarterback controversy this season. Um, and that like kind of begs the question, like, are there really any questions you can ask about this team right now? Are there any holes you can poke on this team right now like if you're an opposing team game planning against the 49ers what are you looking at like what would you be trying to expose can you even expose anything I'm having a hard time finding something that you can expose all game because like maybe you can target something in the first half something you saw on tape but I feel like what we've seen so far if you do that by the second half the 49ers will have pivoted and, you know, all of a sudden, that thing you were trying to expose, it's not there anymore. And, you, you know, you, before you know it, you've lost the game. Did, are, are you seeing any holes on this team right now, Rob? It sounds arrogant to say, because, like, I've been watching football long enough to know that nobody's unbeatable, right? We saw the undefeated Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. Like, I'm not arrogant enough to think that. But at the same time, it's really hard, Steph. And I honestly think that right now, we are watching the best 49ers team of my lifetime, maybe. Maybe. To me, the only team they're competing with is the 94 49ers, which was a team that was loaded with Hall of Famers. But, I mean, look at the 49ers roster right now. Christian McCaffrey is heading towards the Hall of Fame. Nick Bosa is heading towards the Hall of Fame. Fred Warner may be heading towards the Hall of Fame. Like, this team, yeah. Trent Williams, definitely heading towards the Hall of Fame. Like this team might have its own group of Hall of Famers down the road. So I think that that's what they are chasing right now. I think they're chasing ghosts. They're right up there with any 49ers team you want to put. Now they have to win the Super Bowl. To be clear, if you're yeah. going to be considered the greatest, one of the greatest 49er teams ever, you got to get a ring because we've got five. But that's where they are right now. I think they're better than the Harbaugh teams. I think it's, it's really, they are chasing history. Uh, you saying that kind of reminded me of like the Warriors having that awesome season where they went, what was it like 70 something? They they beat the all time like uh, record in yep. the NBA, but they didn't win the the ship that year. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it counts for nothing if, if you don't actually win <laughs> the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that, there's one last thing the 49ers have to do. But as of this point like I feel like there's a lot of questions that the 49ers have answered for me in the last two weeks in particular because we started the season and we were thinking oh that right side of the line you know that's our issue right now that's our Achilles heel for this offense it's going to get exposed eventually and in the first couple weeks of the season like you know you could kind of feel like that might play out at some point these last two weeks, they've actually looked pretty good. They've solidified when we didn't see Micah Parsons make 
make a peep in that game on Sunday. Um, you know, they, they kept the Arizona Cardinals at bay as well. So I'm feeling better about the right side of the offensive line. And also the other question I had going into the season was Isaiah Oliver, right? Because he, he was shaky at times, you know, he's getting pulled in and out of the game. I think these last two weeks kind of tell me that they feel okay with him being the starter. And he looks like a starter for the team right now. So I, I would say those are the only two questions I had and they've, they've answered them so far. Yeah. Deciding or realizing, I should say that Ambry Thomas wasn't it was a huge step forward for this team. <laughs> um, I still have some questions and it's just things that haven't come up yet or come up much at all. For example, the 49ers have trailed for one minute and 45 seconds this entire season, right? Wow. Game script has generally been in their favor, which does make a difference. Not saying they can't do it. Again, I'm not I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is there are still questions that need to be answered. One, how do the 49ers play from behind? Brock specifically. I think that's a fair question to ask because they've been kicking the tar out of everybody. Not because I have questions about it. It's just things we haven't seen. Also, coming up on Sunday, there may be some weather, some rain, some wind, mm -hmm. things like that. And I know 49er fans don't like to hear this, but the facts are the facts. Like Brock Purdy doesn't have a strong arm. He just doesn't. He's got some physical limitations and in bad weather situations, those become apparent and that you need a strong arm to drive the ball through the wind, through the rain, all that stuff. How does Brock, uh, Brock play in the rain? Is he able to, to hold on to the football? All that stuff. Again, not saying I don't know. I'm or not saying he can't do it rather, but just saying, I don't know. So these are things that we have to learn about him and about the 49ers. And I don't, the, the, the question is like, Will we ever see that? Will we ever see the 49ers get down by multiple scores? I don't know. <laughs> they haven't. Yeah, we haven't had to see it, Rob. And, you know, you said that because of the game script, you know, we haven't had to see those things out of Brock. They create the game script. They are making their own game script and they are dominating teams. That's just what it is. So at least we have that question answered about Brock that, you know, he can get in these early leads. The team as a whole can get in these early leads. And of course it, it favors the team when they get in those situations. Um, and they've only been down for a minute and 45 seconds so far this season. That's incredible. I hope we, we don't have to see him play from behind, um, but it's a fair question. Uh, I guess, because at some point you are going to play a really good team um, and it is going to be a dogfight at, at some point. Right. So I hear you. Fred Warner seems to think that this team has not hit its stride yet. Check out what he had to say about it. I honestly don't think that we've hit our peak. I, you know, I think that we just continue to to keep our head down and grind and staying humble. Like if you saw the way that we graded this tape this morning, you would see that like we take, we're taking this really serious. It's not, we just scrapped this, this past game just because we beat them by 32 points. Like we're trying to see you find ways to get better. Uh, and you know, the, the little things that we, that you do see out there. So they watched the tape from Sunday's game where they beat a team by 32 points and they looked at things that they could still improve on. That's terrifying. Like that's, that's scary. And it was it wasn't just any team. Like yeah, we're, we've been making fun of the Cowboys all week, but like the Cowboys are a good team. They are a top ten team in both offense and defense. So what they did was nothing short of impressive. And here is Fred Warner, a captain on the team, saying, "Man, like we actually graded you know the film not 
not perfect, right? There are still some things that we saw we can we can improve. So I, I know Sunday is a big test when you look at the 49ers offense going up against this Browns defense, but I still feel pretty good overall for the reasons that we mentioned that like a lot of questions have been answered so far. And the mentality of this team is that we still have room to improve. Well, I think you mentioned it when you talked about Fred Warner being a captain. Look at the leaders, the captains, and just the general leaders on this team and look at their mentality, right? Fred Warner, grinder, guy that's always willing to take coaching, always willing to get better. Christian McCaffrey, not a captain, but clearly a guy like he he has told Kyle Shanahan, he drops a pass in practice and he texts him and says, hey, I'll be better. Like, that's just his mentality. Bosa is a grinder. All these guys, Ayuk, they're all... No, they're just so focused. And when your leaders and your captains are setting that kind of tone, yeah, there may be some other guy on the roster somewhere that's like, hey, we could roll into Cleveland and beat the brakes off them and it's going to be fine. But when those guys are setting the tone, they don't allow that to seep in. They just don't. And that's where the 49ers are right now. Brock Purdy has talked about it. This team is on a mission and they are not letting anything derail that. They are not letting anything shift the focus week to week to go out and just destroy people. And I heard a conversation with Chris Sims and Mike Florio this week, and I thought it was really interesting, and it made me think. And their point basically is the 49ers want to leave no doubt, right? Leave no doubt that we are the best team in the league. We should have had a Super Bowl. Maybe we would have had a Super Bowl last year. They don't want to get in a situation, say, for example, like with Patrick Mahomes, where it's a one-score game. Like The best way to defeat Patrick Mahomes is not to give him that opportunity to come back in the Super Bowl when he's down 10 in the fourth quarter, be up by 21 points in the fourth quarter. And then you don't have to worry about it. And that seems to be the mission. The 49ers are on right now. Yeah. They're, they're playing with a purpose, just winning. It seems like it's not even good enough for this team. Like, I mean, they want to destroy teams. And for that reason that you mentioned, like, they, they are out to prove something, not just to, you know, the entire league, but to themselves, too, that, hey, like, we're trying to get to a Super Bowl here. Every single game matters on that path to getting there. We've been so close so many times. This is the way to do it. So, I yeah, I, I really uh, admire the uh, mentality that they have going into this season right now. I hope it doesn't fizzle out. Like, if I know anything about this team, about the veterans that they have, we mentioned a few of them, I think it'll it'll sustain throughout the season. They are going to drop one eventually, you know, because things like that do happen. But, you know, I'm still expecting this team to go very far in the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl the way they're looking right now. Someone said it's only five. It's only been five games. Yeah. Uh, but that's how dominant they've been playing where we can look at what they're doing and say, man, that, that team's probably going to the Super Bowl. Perfect example of what you're talking about. Right. So you and I were texting and I was like, Hey, what are the things you want to touch on? And you mentioned like, can you poke holes in this team? So I was like, let me just see if I could find something. Right. <laughs> so the first thought was third downs. How are the 49ers doing yeah. on third downs? Well, it turns out they're converting little over 48% of their third down opportunities. That's top five in the league. It's fifth, actually. Then I looked and I noticed the 49ers have only had 54 third downs on the entire year. That's the third fewest in the league. So what that means is they are rolling so much, they don't even get to third down, let alone getting stopped by the defense. They are just converting 
first downs and second downs into first downs again at an incredible rate. That's how high and how smooth things are going right now for this offense. Yeah, and and you see it when when you watch this offense play, like Brock Purdy hits a guy for a first down and the very next play is like a first down as well. Like they're not really doing this is not the offense that we are accustomed to seeing in years past where it's like, okay, let's just try to get to third and short. Like for so long, that's kind of yes. what this team tried to do. Let's just get a third and short. And we, if we could do that, let's try to convert then. Now it's like everything is on the table in every single play. And it's really opened things up um, for the entire team, really. And now this is a good pivot to the, to the defense because uh, Randy Gregory, uh, and I'll turn the audio off on this, Randy Gregory joined the team, uh, you know, this past Wednesday uh, for his first practice with the team after being traded last Friday. I know Kyle Shanahan said that they're still not sure if he'll play on Sunday against the Browns. They're going to let all three uh, practices leading up to the game uh, play out before making a decision. But I I expect that he'll be active and they'll probably ease, in, ease him in you know, put him out there in those obvious passing downs, tell him to get after the quarterback. That's not rocket science. Like he could do that. So I'm expecting that Gregory is going to be out there on Sunday, at least for a few snaps. I love this move so much because first of all, it's probably a one-year move, which I'm totally fine with. That's, that's the world you're living in right now. It's all about this year, but I just really like it because it, this is the thing that you're supposed to do when you're going for the Super Bowl. Just continue to add pieces, add depth, add talent. I don't think Randy Gregory's going to have a 10 sack season. He may, who knows, but more than likely he's not. But there might be one drive, one play, one opponent where for whatever reason, Randy Gregory can dominate and make a play, force a pressure, force a fumble, something like that that changes the course of a game and maybe wins a game for the 49ers. So I love the move. I I don't think there's any downside to it, right? You could use a little more help on the edge. Nick Bose has been great, but let's, you know, we haven't heard from Drake Jackson since week one, and there really hasn't been a lot of outside presence for the 49ers. So yes, I'm on board. I'm for it. And hopefully it pays off. And if it doesn't, then you cut him after the year and you move on and it's no problem. Yeah, no harm, no foul. Uh, Nick Bosa's ranked third in pressures so far this season. He recorded just his second sack of the season on Sunday against the Cowboys. Um, You know, I'm expecting that this should help Nick Bosa. And like we've been saying, obviously the team didn't really, I don't want to say didn't like what they saw out of Farrell and, and Drake Jackson, but they didn't feel like it was moving the needle enough and and obviously that explains making this move and you know it's a pretty risk averse move as well so you know anytime you can make a move like that you do it but yeah my expectation is this going to help Nick Bosa get those opportunities because Gregory is more so known as like a speed rush guy right so kind of like D Ford in that sense they're different players but in that sense of you know, having that threat of getting to the quarterback very quickly, that helps open things up for other guys on the defensive line. So that that's what I'm expecting. And hey, if it doesn't happen, fine. But I, I think this will help. And maybe it can help with the development of, of uh, Drake Jackson a little bit too. I mean, that won't hurt. They're different players as well. But maybe he can uh, teach him a, a few few moves or something like that. 
The 49ers are allowing 13.6 points per game, which is number one in the league. And they are adding pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. <laughs> because like that, as good as the defensive line is, they weren't getting sacks. And I know we say like sacks aren't everything, but they do help, right? You do want them. So maybe that was one of the questions or one of the holes that, you know, the 49ers felt that could be poked through them eventually, right? Like it didn't really seem to hurt in the first, you know, few games of the season, but they clearly felt somewhere down the line, like that was going to make an impact. So wanting to get that addressed before the trade deadline, Hey, that's what good football teams do. And I got to wonder too, and, and to go along with our conversation earlier of, are there any other holes on this team? Like, will the 49ers be looking at any other players at the trade deadline? Cause there are a lot of bad teams out there. I, I don't really know. I don't know if they need to, but like we said, good teams always kind of prepare before they truly need something. They should. Like I just mentioned, like there's no reason not to, I I don't care about the draft picks in 2024. I really don't like this is the year. Clearly, like, look where they are. They're 5-0. and They've won every game by multiple scores except for the Rams game, which Sean McVay kicked a meaningless field goal at the end of regulation on the final snap to make that a one-score game. They are crushing people. This is the best opportunity you have had in San Francisco. So, yes, if you've got to give up a couple draft picks to get a piece that you think you really need, you do it. And this regime has shown that they're willing to do it, whether it was Emmanuel Sanders or Christian McCaffrey, like they're willing to take the swings. And if I'm the Niners, I absolutely do it. And the other thing too, with the Gregory edition, like you can spend the next five, six, seven weeks getting him up and running. It's really about the playoffs, right? I mean, sure. He'll help during the regular season, but really you want him full speed once the playoffs come around. So if you can make a move for a guy now and give him a few weeks to get acclimated to everything, and to get you in your best sh- uh, best shape going into the postseason, you do it. Yeah, I agree. I know a lot of people are are mentioning Denver because they're they're cleaning house at least for the players who they don't plan to keep long term. Uh, Patrick Sertain, I would assume, is one of those players they want to keep long term. So why didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if, if they trade uh, certain They are, you know, dumber than than I thought they were. Um, but I really don't see that happening. So you know, let's look elsewhere. But you know, I'm fine with how the corners have been playing so far. I mean, if there's like a nickel corner that's better than Isaiah Oliver, like sure, and he becomes available, do that. But you know, right now, I think I'm okay with how this team is looking. But uh, Rob. We mentioned that there's going to be rain in the forecast for for this game on Sunday. It's going to be in Cleveland. Could be some wins, too. You know, Jake Moody hasn't had to kick a lot of field goals in, you know, what feels like forever. I mean, I don't even remember. the. Did he even kick any against Arizona? Nope, because I kept betting him to kick over one and a half field goals, and I kept losing money because they keep scoring touchdowns. I love that. That's how you know. Um, That's a good – yeah, I so I trust your your opinion on that, that – Yes, or my memory is also right. He hasn't kicked a field goal in like two straight games. That's how the 49ers have been dominating. But, you know, if the Browns defense holds the 49ers offense to a more modest day, it could be a day where we see Jake Moody, you know, kick a field goal. So maybe you want to throw in that bet one more time, Rob. Um, And, you know, a little rain, a little wind, 
didn't seem to impact Jake Moody in Pittsburgh. It didn't rain a whole lot in that game, but there mm-hmm. was some some precipitation. So I think I still feel fine about you know Moody being out there in the rain. Uh, this team being out there in the rain. I still don't think it. This is the type of weather that's going to impact the way that the game's played. I know there's still a few days uh, to go until Sunday, but as of right now, I, I'm not worried about the rain at all. Well, if there's one thing the 49ers have shown, it's that they can win any type of game they need to win. If they need to grind it out on the ground and keep it low scoring and run down the clock, they can do that. If Brock needs to throw it 35 times a game and they need to put it in the air and then win a shootout, they can do that too. That That's what's so comforting about this 49ers team. They really are a complete team. Um, the weather doesn't worry me. I did see an interesting note about Jim Schwartz. Did you see that from Jack yes. Hamlin? Can I, I'm going to see if I can throw this up on the screen. Well, I got I, it. You, oh, well, I've got it too. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, see, I tried to take control of the show and Steph just grabbed the wheel right back from me. So if you're not watching the stream, Kyle Shanahan has faced Jim Schwartz nine times. He's one and eight in those matchups and his offense has scored over 20 points just once. As Falcons coordinator in 2016, Shanahan's offense averaged almost 34 points a game through the first nine games. In game 10, they faced the Eagles with Jim Schwartz, and they were held to 15 points. It was the only time that season that the Falcons didn't score at least 23. Now, to be fair, I was kind of saying the same thing going into the game against Dan Quinn. Like, hey, Dan Quinn kind of had Kyle's number. So maybe this offense is just so new and so different than the offense that the 49ers have had in the past that this won't apply. But it did give me pause a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, this might be, uh, this could be something here. So the one argument I have against saying that the 49ers offense is different than it was in years past is that this record goes beyond uh, Kyle Shanahan's time with the 49ers, beyond Mm -hmm. him being a head coach. This is an all-time record that Kyle has against uh, Jim Schwartz defenses. So I think that would be my concern is that I think uh, his defense matches up very, very well against the Kyle Shanahan offense and yeah I I think there is concern I I think for me though I I look at how good the 49ers have been elsewhere it's not just on offense right so even if the offense doesn't score 30 points they'll be fine you know if Jim Schwartz limits the 49ers to under 30 I'm okay with that because I was looking at the the Browns offense and how much they (laughs) average and they're averaging 19 points per game so you really just need to get over 20 and you have a really good chance of winning so like yeah I I understand the the big storyline of the game is this 49ers offense uh, that's averaging 33.4 points a game currently winning by an average of 19.8 points through you know these first five weeks against this Browns defense that's holding opponents to under 200 yards a game and an average of just 15 points per game in the NFL. But the 49ers to me are the most balanced team in the NFL. And one thing I pointed out in yesterday's show is that the 49ers are the only team in the NFL with a top 10 unit in DVOA in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams. They're great across the board. Not not just on offense, not just on defense, right? So 
Browns are maybe the most unbalanced. They're number one in defensive DVOA, and they're number 26 in offensive DVOA. So if the 49ers defense looks like, you know, the defense that we've become accustomed to through these first five weeks and, you know, maybe last five years, um, I, I think the 49ers still have a pretty good chance in this one. I don't know how the Browns are going to score on San Francisco. I really, and like whether Deshaun Watson plays or not, if Deshaun Watson plays then he's going out there with a bum shoulder against the best defense in the league. And if he doesn't play, it's poor PJ Walker, who, by the way, I like PJ Walker. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but my God, you're throwing him to the wolves here. And Oh, by the way, there's no Nick Chubb in this game either. So Cleveland, I mean, really the, the only weapon you have to worry about with the Browns is Amari Cooper. That's pretty much it. And you know, even we've seen in the past great wide receivers go off against the 49ers and it not matter in the final score at all. Cooper cup owns the 49ers. He always gets over hundred yards against the 49ers. We saw uh, Puka Nakua had a great game against San Francisco earlier this year. Niners still blew him out. It doesn't matter. It, it the Niners know how to deal with that. And so, yeah, I just don't see how the Browns are going to score unless, unless the 49ers turn it over which is something that they have not been doing during this 15 game winning streak. Well, a- another interesting thing that I saw is that as good as the Browns defense has been, I think they only have uh so here, yeah, this is a tweet from David Lombardi. I'm just going to read it off. They are last in the league in interceptions. They only have one interception and they're only plus 3 in takeaways. Mhm. As good as they've been, like they're not really getting the ball um, as, from their opponents as much as you say the 49ers defense is right now. Right. So again, like that could be the difference in this game. And as we've seen, Brock Purdy has done a pretty good job of taking care of the football. So I would expect that to continue in this game. And so if that's their only chance of like making this game close. I mean, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's rough. I did a, uh, guest spot on a Browns podcast earlier this week. And like, they know, <laughs> like they know, I mean, that's the the vibe, you know, one way to judge your team is the reaction of others, right? Reaction of people in your division or people on your schedule. And when other teams or other people that cover other teams are coming to you, like, yeah, we're cooked. Like there's no shot. Like that just tells you it's not just you looking through team colored glasses and being, you know, blinded by everything. Other teams are objectively looking at the 49ers and like, damn, they're really, really good. Yeah. And and one last thing that I'll point out. I mean, I, I know that PJ Walker, he's been reported to start, of course, if Deshaun Watson is unable to go. So I would assume that that holds and we'll see PJ Walker out there. Steve Wilkes has some experience with uh, PJ Walker, doesn't sure. he? I mean, <laughs> he started a few games for the Carolina Panthers last season and he finished uh three of three, three touchdowns, three interceptions, and uh, 761 yards, 6.9 yards per attempt. Yeah, like, not not terrible, but... Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if anyone knows his flaws and, and things like that, maybe it's Steve Wilkes, right? So he also has a bit of an advantage in this matchup. Um, I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I think the only thing that... And I don't want to say worries. Like, I, I'm not worried at all about any game. Um, I think the only thing that could, you know, be an equalizer is the weather, potentially, if it mm-hmm. becomes worse than, you know, what we think it is right now. Uh, the early start, 
you know, the 49ers haven't had an early start in, you know, a few weeks. Uh, it's hard to adjust to that. And, you know, the Browns actually do play better at home. So that take that for what it's worth. And yeah, I mean, I think those are the only things. The fact that the 49ers are away, uh, you know, weather could make an impact. It's going to be an early game that that's about it. But you know what, how I feel about the 49ers right now is that even if they don't play their best game, even if they don't play as good as they have these last five weeks, they could still beat a team. That's how good they've been. So not too Especially weird. About a team it. like the Browns. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. The yeah. Browns are scaring nobody right now. Uh, but that's been the impressive thing with the Niners is like they haven't like they don't have those letdowns going back to what we were talking about. They know the mission. They know the job. They want that number one seed. Kyle Juszczyk just did an interview with Richard Sherman on his podcast where he talks about like they want it. They have their sights set on it. They recognize the importance of it. I think they want the playoff games at home. And obviously, I think they really want that first round buy because the Niners buy is coming up in week nine, I believe which yeah. is a, a good week to have the bye. Yeah. But, you know, there's also a ton of games after that. What, one, two, three, like 10 games after that. And you would like a week off. And so they have their target set and they're not going to relent or give up until they get it. And I love it. And, and that's what I'm saying, right? Like they are so focused on just that that one goal and they understand that it's it's a marathon to to get there and every game counts uh so rob score prediction for you in this matchup hmm. well i here's the thing until they lose and until they don't score 30 i'm gonna pick them to do both every like i i'm gonna pick them to win and i'm gonna pick them to score 30 every week because they <laughs> i like that doing it you know like they have proven to me now that this is who they are so i'm gonna have to say 49ers win and i think they put up you know let's call it 30 points 30 to 10 i'll say perfect 30 again yeah we'll go perfect 30 maybe jake moody could kick a field goal help me win back some of my money that i've (laughs) lost um but i'll go 30 to 10 i just there's they've given me no reason to doubt them at this point yeah. And see, yeah, put that bet in again and you got to do like double the amount. So you do, that's how betting works, right? You lose two oh, yeah. and then you got to put in double amount, you know, you double down. Um, look, you said earlier, you don't see how the Browns score in this game and it, yet you gave them 10. So I'm, I'm surprised by that, but I'm going to say three for the Browns, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be nice. I'll give them a field goal and maybe, maybe they get it from like 50 yards, you know, that's still good by the defense. Uh, and yesterday I did a show and I said 18 to three. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, that's like way too low. But I think I was just respecting the, <laughs> yeah, your face is, um, I was expecting like the Browns defense to have like a good day and, and limit the 49ers. But to your point, even if they limit the 49ers, like, I, I think they, I don't know if I, I think they could score 30, but they should be able to score more than 18 points, right? So I'm, 18. I'm going to, yeah, I know that was, that was very dumb of me. Like, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> even so the Ravens, they played the Ravens last week. Right. And I think the Ravens had like 27. So I, I'm going to go 23 uh, to three at 49ers. The Ravens had that many points and their wide receivers dropped seven passes in that game. So it's also L- Lamar. I mean, 
he was he was doing a lot with his legs. I was catching glimpses of that game on on red zone. So for what yeah, it's I, worth. I think it's gonna be another happy recap. I'm here for it. And I don't like I don't care. It never gets boring to me. It never gets old. It never there's nothing to be sad about. Like I don't miss those cardiac games at all. Yeah. At all. No. Nope. My butt clenching and, and whatnot. <laughs> I'm biting my nails. As right? you can see, my nails are still intact this season. We are doing so well. So, yeah, someone yesterday in the show said, like, the 49ers are, like, so good. They're boring in the best way. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't, And, yeah, like, I don't – I'm not bored, but I, I understood what they meant. And – if another team or another fan of another team is watching a 49ers game, they probably turn it off like sooner than we would because they're like, Oh, this is a blowout, man. This is <laughs> 26 million people watched on Sunday night football on average. And it peaked at 30 million in the second quarter. Nice. So people be watching and I but wouldn't people be also, People also like to watch the Cowboys lose, I think. And they yeah. know the 49ers have their number. They definitely do. And by the way, Michael Parsons. Stop, stop talking, man. Just stop, stop talking. Stop, man. Do you yourself a favor. Yeah, like, oh, when we see you again, yeah. Third time, now I'm really mad. Give me a break with that. You better <laughs> hope you don't see the 49ers again. Because guess what, Mike? They're not going to. That's that's the thing, right? That That's what they're talking about. And they might not even see the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors. The, the 49ers <laughs> again this season. And I don't – they might not make the playoffs. They have a pretty tough schedule um, ten the season. Nobody in the Dallas locker room thinks the four thinks the Cowboys can beat the 49ers. Nobody. You That's watch the reactions during the game. Watch their faces. They were a broken and beaten team. And that ain't gonna change anytime soon. God, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, if you guys loved this video, make sure you send a like, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. And if you're watching on my channel, make sure you do the same on Rob's channel. Um, that is linked in the description of this video. Uh, gonna have a great show tomorrow. Gonna be doing a deep dive of this 49ers Browns preview. So make sure you tune into that 5:30 Pacific on the 49 Carrots podcast. Rob, any parting words? Just soak it in. Just enjoy it. Yeah. And and you know appreciate what we have right now because it doesn't always happen like this, and it is now, and it's glorious. We have nothing to argue about. Like, isn't that great? No. Like, I don't think 49, like truly there's times where like the team is really good and we're like, they have nothing to argue about, but then like they still do argue. I haven't seen an argument about the 49ers in, I don't even remember how long is since like the off season, probably that's how great this team is playing right now. Yes. Savor the moment. We are enjoying it so much. Um, for me, from Rob, have a good rest of your Thursday, folks. Peace.